We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stand by for an urgent bulletin. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Uh, Who's better at this job of radio. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Jeff Lutz. Really good to great, you know, on, depending on the day. Wow! Hey! Isn't that exciting? 97.5 in 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby! You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz, Max Power, our producer and engineer, 869-1240, that's the IHOP hotline. Uh, we got a lot on tap for the show today. We'll get to that in a minute. But, of course, i got to check in uh, with Jeff to see how things are going. Uh, any news? Never better. Any news? No news. What news nothing, were you uh, Nothing has changed since yesterday at this time. Uh, I would think that uh, no. Plus, did your uh, Guardians play last night? They did not. They play tonight against Boston. That probably won't go well. My team plays in Texas. That won't go well. Watched most of that game last night. Why? Because it came on. I don't know. I I, I can't I can't imagine watching the. It was an okay game. Eh. You guys can't really hit much, but. Not right now. They can't do much at all. Can't run the bases. Can't catch a pop fly. Uh, can't do much What'd of anything. What do you think of that Nolan Arenado play? Because he's very reliable. Yeah, there's something wrong with the guy. Really? I think this is getting to him. Uh, how could it not? You're ultra competitive. Well, he's played for losing teams for you, most of his career. You've chosen not to exercise an opt-out because you feel like this team you're on is on the right path. Uh, and you see that the team is not on the right path, and you're certainly not contributing much to getting it on the right path. But uh, it's been a disaster. Well, it might be the end of the road for Nolan Arenado. We're getting closer. It's this. Well, he's the, only 32. It's the decline part of his career. Uh, I don't know if he's declining. I think it's more that this team just is missing something. They're Perhaps. missing leadership. I don't think he's a born leader. Who, well, you had Yachty last year. You uh, should still Yachty have Yachty and Albert were born leaders. And you had them last year, and they were able to mask a rookie manager, and they were able to take care of things on their own. This team doesn't have that luxury. They don't have a leader. Paul Goldschmidt's a very good player, but not a leader. Um, same not, with Nolan Arenado. I figured Goldschmidt would be a leader. He's not really a vocal. He's just kind of a player. He just plays. But he does a lot, and he can. And he's. He doesn't. You don't need to be a vociferous leader, do you? Well, it helps to have guys like Yadi or Molina. It would be nice to have one, sure. Who I think will start hearing more and more needs to be the next Cardinals manager, and they just need to put him in there and let him let him manage the team for the next twenty years. 
Well, you don't want to let that guy slip away and let him go be uh, a manager elsewhere, but is he going to be dedicated to that position? He owns, what, a basketball team or something? Will he uh, be able to, sure to do that job? Okay. Just, hope- look at Albert. He's now on MLB Network. He's working in, working in the commissioner's office. I mean, my goodness. So the guy's guy made a, a ton of money over his career. But he's jumped right back into baseball. Why do you think that is? Because he loves baseball. Right. Yachty loves baseball, too. Probably. Uh, how did how did Albert do with Bob Walk and company? In did, the... did fine. I saw him a little bit on the air this morning on the MLB Network, talking with Al Leiter about hitting. It was very uh, informative. And when you're listening to Albert Pujols talk about hitting, you're getting the expertise of one of the five greatest hitters to ever live. Five greatest hitters to ever live. That's correct. Okay. Yep. I said it. That's interesting. And and, uh, I don't need you to, in his peak, in his prime, now injuries wore him down, no question. But for 11 years in St. Louis, in his first go-around in St. Louis, that's one of the five best hitters to ever live. Do you think he we would be talking about him as having a better career if he'd stopped after 12, 13 years, or since he no. reached 2,000 RBI, 700 homers, yes, of course. 3,000 hits. You know the answer to but that But all of his, all of his uh, rate Doesn't stats matter. went way down. Doesn't matter. Matters a little. Now, the numbers at the end of the day that matter are the final numbers you put together. Okay, but if nobody in 50 years is going to sit around a campfire uh, Dad, pull out that uh, war book and let's see if we uh, what Albert did so in no uh, war at... war minus uh, uh, runs against replacement. So no one wants to look. Nobody's at... going to look at that. So no one wants to look at Joe DiMaggio, for example, or Jim Brown in football. Just or... Give me the numbers. Greatness is greatness, right? Great. Are you saying Albert Pujols was not great? No, he, I'm saying greatness is he was he was great, and he would have been great if he'd stopped at 12 years. He's great that he played 21. You don't you think Albert Pujols would sit at home today had he stopped uh, when he was 34 years old, let's say 33, and on the decline, and and uh, didn't get to 2,000 RBIs, which how many players have in their careers? Three, four, I think three. Ruth Anson Pujols. Anson didn't get to 2,000. Yeah, I think he did. No, you're wrong. Aaron Ruth Pujols. That's it. Well, I'm going to say Cap Anson did it. Cap Anson didn't do it. Are you? You're if you're wrong. Five million percent. Cap Anson. Are you out of your mind on Cap Anson? I mean, how can you even throw that out there? Well, he had 3,400 hits. He was a three. 34 career hitter. Yeah. Uh, he had 582 doubles. Yeah, great. All great. He had. That's uh, not the numbers. That, those aren't the numbers we're debating. He had. 2000, How many RBIs did he have? 2075. Huh? 2075. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Of course he did. Cap Anson. You didn't know that? He played in a time when nobody cared. Well, he cared. Because he was. I wonder if Cap Anson did care. What years did he play? 1871 to 1897. So that's why he wasn't mentioned because he didn't play in the quote unquote modern game. Since well, they, all they did is go out into a field and, and get a pickup game together. Then how come no one else did it? 
I mean, that, that, don't give me cap ants. You know, there's still uh, the. What, what don't you wish if I could go back in time? If I could, I'd choose to go back to about that era and go sit and watch a baseball game. Really? That'd be boring. I'd want to go watch an 1895 game and see what it looked like. Wouldn't you rather go back to the, like the 1915, no. like Walter Johnson? No, I want to go to 1895. Could... I want to see what they're doing. They're throwing underhand. I want to, I want to see what, how the game looks. Well, not that interesting, but it would be interesting. But I want it wouldn't to talk be interesting. to Cap Anson. Well, he was a virulent racist. I, you know what? In that in that era, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not getting into that stuff. Oh, I'm just saying he I, was. That's all. That's a hundred and thirty years ago. I that doesn't. I, please stop with that <laughs> just, stuff. Well, that it was. Is so. I, I don't have any time for it. Just stop it. I'm I'm not going to stop it. He, I'm just telling you what Cap Hansen. That, that doesn't define Cap Hansen to me. Well, okay. I don't think back to 130 years ago when everybody in the country was that way, and I mm. and I'm not going to hold it up as this defines Cap Hansen. Just not going to do it. So take it out of here. Don't bring it in here again. Well, I'm going to bring it in here again because, you know, he didn't help progress anything so why should i not hold against uh him that he was regressive it was 32 years after abraham lincoln is when his career I, ended. I, I haven't read enough about cap hansen to know what he thought about anything and i doubt you know i've read about cap hansen well, you haven't read about no you haven't he's in one of these books up here you haven't read about cap hansen of course i have I, have i like done a deep dive right that's but what I've you read need about to Cap do Anson. to be able to speak authoritatively about Cap Anson. Well, I'm going to do that between now and tomorrow's show. It just, I, don't, I just don't. Uh, Here's uh, what's on tap on today's show. At 225, Ryan Fagan, lead baseball writer from the Sporting News, uh, will join us. We'll talk about the goings-on, even though those of us in this area, uh, if you're a Royals fan, you probably checked out weeks ago. If you're a Cardinals fan, you checked out recently. If you're a Rockies fan, you're not that interested. Maybe we have some Rangers fans. That's a good team. Maybe. Uh, we'll talk with Ryan Fagan. At 245, Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. will be our guest. We'll talk about uh, the latest at K-State as we uh, enter the summer here, what, uh, what the summer might look like up in Manhattan for basketball, football. Uh, so Tim Fitzgerald will join us. And then in hour number two, uh, we'll have a game. Later in the week, uh, tomorrow on the show at 225, the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, Adrian Griffin, uh, will be our guest. Uh, that's tomorrow at 225. Thursday at 225, Brian Green, the new Wichita State baseball coach, will join the show. We'll also talk Century 2 on Thursday with uh, Angela Cassette from the Music Theater of Wichita and John Hale, the director of Century 2, as we continue with that theme. So busy shows coming up for the rest of the week. 869-1240 is the phone number. Now, Max, I don't have my phone today, so you'll have to text Jeff in the rare occurrence where we get a phone call. Or just talk in your ear. No, I don't. I don't do that. That's uh, that's not uh, my way of communicating. Well, I, he can do it. No, he'll just text you. 
I'm not going to be looking at my phone a whole bunch. Well, if he, if he texts you, you know, we got a call. Uh, just holding it like I do. Hold it down by you. And, and if, and if you I, get a, it doesn't light up. I don't get those kind of notifications. Why don't you get those kind of notifications? I don't want those kind of notifications. Why? Just, well, just you, also, don't. you always answer my text within an, a minute. Well, I usually you will must see be them. checking your phone all the time. Well, I'm not going to anymore. How about that? I'll bet you will. I'll bet you'll check your phone just as much as you ever have moving forward, <laughs> if not more. Probably. But why do you say you're not going to? Because I want to be defiant, and I will be. Why is it that you've chosen to be defiant today? De- today? I think it's why is of- that your modus operandi? I think we've had why- this conversation several times. Why is it that you want to be opposite? To almost everybody who has a thought or an opinion. I just don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to be like, well, Jeff thinks that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want... No, I don't know I don't what you're want, saying. I don't want people to figure me out. I don't know out. what you're saying at all. You're so easy to figure out. No, I'm not. Oh, my God. Anybody who knows you figured you out months ago what or it, years ago... You haven't. ...or so decades where? ago, and there's no challenge left in it. So, please don't say that. My wife has me figured out, and I think she's the only one. No, she's not the Your daughter has you figured out. I got no. you figured out. Everybody who's ever met you has you figured out. I don't think so. You're not that complex, frankly. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm complex, but uh, sort of am. <laughs> if you're saying nobody can figure me out, how is that not I said saying I don't want to be figured out. That, how is that not saying you're complex or you, you believe you're complex? I'm, I'm, it's kind of a little bit of both. I'm simple and complicated at the same time. How are you complicated? A lot of ways. Well, give me one. Don't don't make me pull it out of you. I don't know. I don't, how do you think I don't you're know. complicated? Like I I don't know. I don't like having this conversation. Let's talk about something else. Well, I don't. People who think they're complicated drive me bananas. But I'm also very simple. So it's like I said, it's a little bit of both. They drive me bananas because that insinuates that. Well, I've just got a lot, a little more going on than the, the normal. Not necessarily, and, but and, I probably do. Well, that just uh, see, there it is. It's just a fact of life. It's not like I'm bragging. I would love to have less going on in my brain. No, they're they're not saying that. They're saying I'm just a little bit, you know, and my brain functions at a little higher level. Well, it probably and, does. Uh, and uh, my complexities probably can't be figured out by the masses because uh, most of the time I'm thinking in a way that uh, they can't relate to. That, and Thank that you. stuff di- I, drives me. I appreciate that. And that's exactly how you feel. Uh, if I could put it in a, in a that, nutshell. Not really. It's I, maybe I, that I can't relate to everybody else. Have you thought of that part? I talked as you just now. Saying it wasn't, it exactly wasn't bad. what I think is going through your brain. Not really. <laughs> Want me to do that again? I can do it all day long. Go ahead. Uh well, my wife understands me because she, does. she is a very smart woman, and the rest yeah. of the rest of the people around us probably aren't as smart. And we like to, uh, uh, you know, we. Uh, I appreciate there. you saying that. That means a lot to me. Do you think it's true? Yeah, a little bit. Now say something about me that is you believe to be factually. I don't want uh, to correct because you can't. This is a talent I have. What is? What I just did, I being able to speak in those ways uh, and mirror what you're thinking. But it's kind of an insult. I don't want to insult well, anybody. I, I don't mean to insult. I'm just 
I'm oh, if you if you talk like me, it's kind of an insult, and I don't really appreciate it because I don't talk like that for one. I'm a I'm I'm a little uh, higher level than. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot to no, me. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that as a compliment. But what are you saying it as? As a uh, an insult. Exactly, and I don't want to insult you. So there we are. Well, go ahead. I'm not going to do it. I can take it. No, I don't. I don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, I can take it. I don't like to insult people. So I went to get a new phone. They Why? Get, they need it for a few hours, and I just said I'll come back after radio. Uh, because m- my phone doesn't do video very well, and I got to do video over at Leak Forty Two, and I'm way late getting to it, and I gotta figure it out. So uh, I got all kinds of discounts, and I know that it'll still cost, but. Uh, I got the uh, brand new phone. Well, I'm glad. Is that a T-Mobile phone? No, that's a AT&T. Okay. And uh, we upgraded the size a little bit. It's a little bigger. Uh, my wife doesn't know this, but uh, she's going to get a new phone out of this whole deal. She too. is. Does she want one? I don't know. Why not? Why Can not I get a it? new phone? Can I have it instead? No. All right. Why would I give it to you? I don't know that she wants a new phone. Why, but if she didn't, why would I then say, well, I'll get one for Jeff? Well, you already have it. Why wouldn't you just give it to me? I don't have it. She's going to pick it up Saturday. All right. But why would I get you a new phone? Because you're a nice guy. I'm not that nice. Well, that's too bad. And I and I don't know that I'll ever make a huge purchase for you again. Really? Yeah. Why'd that cause you to laugh a little? <laughs> Because it's kind of upsetting. Why? I don't When's know. the last one I made for you? It's been a long, long time. Oh, I give you, I've given you a lot of money. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, a lot of money by my standards. But why would I go out and spend seven, $800 on a gift for you? Because you can. I don't know. Because you feel like it? You feel like doing something nice? Well, I've, 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 I gave... Some money uh, for your daughter's overseas trip. Um, I think that you expect that. No, I don't. It feels like it. I uh, know. When do you not. ask me, uh, can I have the phone? Well, I just, I'm just saying, if it's uh, if it's just gonna be sitting dormant for a long time, why not Jeffrey? Because I, you've got a phone. I do. It's and fine. you don't even have an iPhone. I don't have an iPhone. So why would I? Why don't you have an iPhone? I, I don't know because I didn't like the way it charged. What What was wrong with the way it charged? Every time it was charged, I couldn't like mess around. It would glitch all the time. So I just had to like not charge it when I was using it. So I couldn't use it and charge it at the same time. It It was very. It was difficult. Hmm. I didn't like it. I never use my phone while it's being charged unless it's just sitting right by me. And Well, I usually have my phone charging like all day at work. Well, I don't know why. If it's charged, take it off the charger. That's probably why it was glitching. No, it Phones glitched aren't all meant the... to be charged nonstop. Well, when they are finished charging, they don't charge anymore. Yeah, but they're not meant to just sit there and have a charging cord in them all day. I don't know what they're meant for. Oh, well, trust me, I know. I haven't had that conversation with Steve Jobs or anyone. Well, I don't like uh, I don't like Androids. Why not? Just don't. I've never had one. Then I've how do you know you I- don't like them? Because I can tell. I've had an iPhone from the very first phone I ever got. 
Well, before that was a flip phone, whatever they those things were. Uh, those were tough. But ever since they came out with an iPhone, I remember the first person I saw who had one, Sherry Laurent, who uh, is a friend of mine, and we bowled together, and she got this iPhone. And I didn't. It's, this had to be two thousand six or seven. Seven, probably. And uh, just uh, it Eight. was a wonder of the world. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty high tech, and they're only getting better. You know, when you shoot video now, you have to shoot it straight up and down. Well, I'll do that. There's no more horizontal video. Really? That's that's out. Huh? By I'll way to... of by way of TikTok and other things. I have to remember that. Yes. Uh, Ryan Fagan's going to join us in a moment. We'll talk baseball. He's the senior writer from the Sporting News. We'll take a break. Max Power producing, engineering the show, also uh, supplying us with our bumper music. Stay with us, Bob and Jeff on KFA. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Let's Go Places, the musical theme of the week. This is Mozambique from Bob Dylan. Ryan Fagan joins us from the Sporting News. He writes about baseball. We love to talk about baseball, so it makes sense that we try to get Ryan on periodically to do that. Hello, Ryan. How are we doing today? We're doing okay. I understand you've just uh, moved. Is that uh, is that correct, or you just came back from vacation? No, I just came back from vacation. I kind of wish now I, okay. I had been to Mozambique, but no, we were up in the Seattle area, so... This was still a good time, but not quite Mozambique. Let's uh, let's knock the Cardinals out right out of the shoot today. We'll talk to you about some other things as well, obviously. But I'm a Cardinals fan. You live in St. Louis. Uh, you're you see firsthand what's going on. This is a season that no one expected. No one can yeah. seem to figure out what's wrong. Here's my theory, and uh, you need you don't need to concur, obviously. But I think. I think we've come to the end of John Mozalak, and I wish uh, nobody has nobody can last forever uh, with a team, and he's been there a long time, and it just feels to me like they need some fresh eyes and a fresh start, and we need to we need to kind of hit the reset button when it comes to uh, our director of baseball operations. What do you think? You know, when you look at the in in hindsight, you look at the way the roster was set up coming into the year, and they. And it's easy to see, 
the issues with it, right? You know, I mean, you essentially had in the rotation, you had two guys coming off good years in Miles Michaelis and, and uh, Jordan Montgomery. You had a wild card in Jack Flaherty, the hope that he was going to be back. You had a wild card in Steven Matz, the hope that it would be the good Matz and not the bad Matz. And then you had a wild card in Adam Wainwright because he's 41 years old. You know, you feel confident that he's going to give you everything he has. The question is, is what does he have? So you go into the season with a rotation that has two sure things, and neither one is an ace thing, but like a good number three starter on a playoff team. Um, and you have a, a, a position player roster that has a lot of similar pieces, right? You know, you have MVP candidates and Goldschmidt and Arnato, and then you have, you know, a second baseman in Nolan Gorman, who is more of a DH. Um, you have a lot of outfielders who are pretty similar, except for one in Jordan Walker, who's this rookie who could be exceptional. And he got the short straw early in the season. So, you know, when things went poorly, it was easy to see why. You know, did they expect that to happen coming into the season? No, I, obviously they did not. They felt that, you know, the whatever cardinal magic they had and the, the touch that has worked in so many seasons in the past would, would extend to this year. And, you know, that's, that's just not been the case. It's been, uh, it's not been a good season. And to be honest with you, I think the ceiling, even if they write the ship a little bit, the ceiling is much lower than I think anyone expected coming into the year. I want to stay in that division because maybe because the, the Cardinals – uh, haven't been very good. It's turned into kind of a fun division. Pittsburgh, no yeah. one's blowing the doors off or anything, but they've won six in a row and are in first place. The Reds today called up Ellie De La Cruz. Yesterday they called up Andrew Abbott. They're looking like they could emerge really, really quickly with their young pitching as well. So uh, that's a pretty interesting division, especially with, with those two teams uh, kind of having eyes on them now. Yeah, absolutely. You could see a bit of a changing of the guard because it's been the Cardinals and the Brewers kind of right up top there. And then you look at Milwaukee and, you know, they, they have the same offensive issues. It feels like they've had for a while now, you know, and, and plus when you add in the fact that you know, three guys that they were counting on in the rotation and Woodruff, Miley and Lauer are all on the injured list. You know, there's, there's an opening, there's an opportunity, right? And what is baseball? If not opportunities arising and teams cashing in, you know, and I think the Reds are kind of priming themselves to be maybe that team. You know, if these young guys can come up and play, because, you know, I think we've talked about before, but, you know, you have a rotation in Cincinnati that's, that's headed by Hunter Green, right? I, I, I am of the opinion that Hunter Green is going to win Cy Young Awards, not just one, but multiple. I think he's that good. And, you know, you have Graham Ashcraft, um, who's been hit or miss this year uh, in his first full season in the bigs, but he has a lot of talent. You know, we saw yesterday what Andrew Abbott's capable of doing. And then you have young guys like, you know, Matt McClain, who came up recently, and Spencer Steer, who's a rookie, and Ellie Dela Cruz. I mean, Ellie Dela Cruz, look, he's like, he's legit. He's the real deal. You know, he's, he has the kind of talent to be the Ronald Acuna Jr., the Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, these kind of young players we've seen come up and be very, very good at the major league level. He's got that kind of talent, and I'm very excited to see what he can do. So, yeah, I mean, because the truth is, look, it's not going to take 95 wins to win the National League Central. You know, are any of those teams 95 wins good? No, but, I mean, you could win the division with realistically 88 wins, right, 87 wins maybe. Um, And the, the Reds, if they get production out of the young guys and the Pirates, if they keep doing what they're doing, 
they they absolutely could be in that conversation when August rolls around and the trade deadline on, on August 1st. Senior baseball writer from the Sporting News, Ryan Fagan, is our guest. So uh, you look around Major League Baseball and you see teams like the Pirates that are in first place, the Diamondbacks, who were awful uh, last year. Now they're, they're a first place team. Texas, which has gone from 94, 96 losses to now being 19 games over 500. Uh, yeah. it's, it speaks to the ability, if you do this right, you can turn your fortunes around pretty quickly. That didn't used to be the case. Why is that the case now? You know, it's funny because the teams that you just mentioned, they've done it in such dramatically different ways, right? The Pirates have been building for a while. They've, they've had some of these young guys. And the fact that they're playing this well without O'Neill Cruz, who was supposed to be the key to this whole turnaround, he's on the injured list. They're playing this well without him because they've kind of built up this this young core of guys that they, they hope will carry them to the next wave of playoff contention, like the one that was headed by Andrew McCutcheon did you know, a decade ago. So you have that on one hand, and then on the other hand, you have the Rangers who spent their way to this big turnaround. You know, last year they, they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Semien and John Gray, and this year they went out, and, you know, even though DeGrom was on the, the, the IL, they also signed, you know, Nathan Avaldi, who's been amazing, and Andrew Haney, who's been really good. They brought back Martin Perez. So all of a sudden, they're adding these pieces who have come in and, you know, I got to be around the the Rangers camp a little bit this spring and you could see that they all kind of felt good around each other. Right. So they had this chemistry and bringing Bruce Bochy in to kind of be the piece that pulls it all together. Turned out to be a pretty good move, at least so far. So if they can stay healthy, you know, I think this is a team that uh, could, could be right there. You know, I still think the Astros are really good. Right. You know, I know they're a couple games behind the Rangers right now. I probably still got the Astros, the edge, over the long season, but you know the the Rangers are absolutely looking like a team that could um, hit and pitch its way into the postseason. What do you make of the National League in general? And I guess who has the most hope of teams that thought they would be contenders? Because it is really bunched up outside of Washington, maybe Colorado. Really not a team out of it. So you have the Cardinals who have the worst record in the league, but they're still the Cardinals. You have the Mets at 500, Philly a little below. San Diego hasn't really uh, gotten it going yet. So out of out of those four teams or maybe even another one, who do you think is, is out of it now that might be uh, in it sooner than later? You know, I, it, it's impossible for me to believe that the Phillies is going to be this bad all year. You know, when you look at the way it's going to happen, you know, Kyle Schwarber, you know, he's not going to be a 300 hitter, but he's not going to hit a buck 70 all year. You know, Trey Turner hit two home runs uh, the other day, but he'd struggled a big time before that. You know, his OPS was below 700. He's not going to do that, right? So you look at this, you know, there's good regression and bad regression and the good natural regression that's probably going to happen with Philadelphia is they're going to be better because their stars are going to be better. And so, you know, I think the Phillies will get there now. Are they going to do enough to get into the postseason? Maybe. We'll see. You know, last year they showed all you need to do is get in the door and you have a chance to make some noise. So they could do it. You know, the Padres, and I, I just wonder about the Padres. You know, I, it's a team that on paper should be right there at the top of the NL West, and it just hasn't happened. You know, they've had some injuries. They've had some other issues. You know, obviously, uh, a lot of the guys haven't performed at a level that was expected. But, you know, I think to me, when you're talking about the most 
disappointing and confounding teams in the sport so far in uh, 2023, it's, it's the Cardinals and the Padres at the top of that list. And then there's a little bit of a gap. And then you can start to, to look at the other teams as well. Uh, talking with Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News about baseball. So we're obligated since we're in Wichita and we have a lot of Royals fans. <laughs> and I don't know how many Royals fans are even paying attention even more because this has been just a terrible season for Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, I think there were hopes going back to last year that uh, – with this influx of youth based on their drafting, that they could make some moves and, and start to get back into the conversation. But they're 24 games below 500. Uh, whatever plan they instituted has not, uh, has not worked. What do you think they're thinking in that front office and that ownership group? What do you think the Royals are? Uh, what's next for them? Yeah, it's 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 not it's not been what you wanted. I think you know you look at at the pieces they had, kind of like you mentioned. I mean, when, when you look at guys like Bobby Wood Jr. and, and MJ Melendez and Vinny Pascantino and Nick Prado and all these guys, I mean, that's that's a group that can be good, right? And, and it's a group that can be a team that you know contends, maybe not for you know World Series and tie and division titles, but at least for five hundred. Right, and it hasn't happened. A lot of it is because the pitching's been so bad. Right, it really feels like the issues that the Royals had organizationally with their, their pitching all the way up and down. You know, it wasn't going to change overnight. Right, it wasn't going to change with a new manager, new pitching coach, and all these things. It takes a little while to get there, and it hasn't happened yet. Right? Yeah, I mean, Brady Singer showed us the other day what he's capable of. We know what Brady Singer can be, but up until his last start, I think it was his last start. He's not been good. He's been bad. You know, so the, the, the question is, is, can these guys play the level that we expect of them? Um, it hasn't happened so far, you know, and it's been uh, a disappointment. I don't think anybody denies that. You know, it's a different kind of disappointment than the Padres and the Cardinals, if that makes sense, because those are teams that expected to contend for World Series titles, and they've been bad. The Royals expected to contend for 500, and they haven't come close to that either. And, you know, the, the thing that's frustrating is it's a lot like the NL Central, where if, you know, the teams at the top stumble a little bit, there's an opportunity, right? Well, the Twins are on the, in, you know, lead the NL, AL Central with a 31-29 and 29 record. They're two games over 500. That division is there for the taking, right? You know, I think we thought that Cleveland was going to be better. Um, I still think Cleveland's going to be better. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they have played at times this year. But, you know, the division's there for the taking. And the Royals still aren't in the conversation. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. And you're not seeing the improvement for some of these young guys that you really had hoped that, that you'd see this year. What, Ryan, do you think the Angels will look like at this time next year? Mm-hmm. I guess just at the beginning of next year. Artie Moreno has said they won't trade Otani while they're contending, but they're five out of a wild card. Um, and he could be on the block, I suppose. And if he gets traded... Why would Mike Trout not also request the trade? Because, he, I mean, he's on the other side of 30. He's got to be looking at a, just give me one chance to uh, contend and play for a, a World Series. So why would why would he stay? That, that's an excellent question. You know, and this this is not what they wanted. Again, I keep like we keep talking about this, but it's not what they wanted, right? They had this idea that the pieces that they went out and got this offseason were going to be enough. In the contention, especially with the expanded wild card, 
you know, with the, the third wild card in the leagues now, um, they thought they were going to do it. And the truth is, is being around 500 represents an improvement, right? A little bit of an improvement, but it's not enough. Because as you said, they're five games out of the third wild card spot. And the Blue Jays, who are a very good team, are ahead of them in number four position, right? So they're in the fifth position. You know, so they're two, two teams back of that third wild card spot. It's a lot to overcome, especially when it's already five games. So the question is, what's it going to look like when the trade deadline rolls around? You know, that, that's August 1st. And then the question becomes, well, if they're not going to be in contention on August 1st, and they've er- they're entertaining the idea of trading Otani, which they absolutely 100% should, then do you do it right after the All-Star game? You do it early in July. You know, a team might add in an extra prospect for an extra three weeks to show Otani, and that's the question that, that the Angels, and I guarantee you they've already been asking internally, but these are the questions that they're going to have to start to answer because Otani's not going to be there in 2024. He's just not. And so then, you know, do you get anything for him? Do you just let him walk? You can't just let him walk. But that's the thing, same thing we've been saying for two years now. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So what do they look like in 2024? They don't have Otani. Uh, if Mike Trout demands a trade, I'd be shocked if it happens before the end of the season just because there's so much life left in his contract. Um, I can't imagine a team rushing to meet what is going to be an enormous initial asking price. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's not – things are not good uh, with the Angels right now. All right, I, I can't – I'm tempted. i got to ask you one more question about the Cardinals. Sure. Sorry, Ryan. Um, <laughs> do they sell at the deadline? Is Paul Goldschmidt – I know he has full no-trade protection, uh, but is it possible that they have a completely different-looking team on August 2nd? Uh, I think it could be very different, but I don't think it'll have anything to do with, with Goldschmidt. Um, you know, I think that, look, the pieces are there, that they could be a good team. The, the issue is they just have too many similar parts, right? I don't, I don't think you can go into, you can't go into next year with an outfield that includes Juan Jeffes and Alec Burleson and Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson and, you know, Jordan Walker. You can't go in with those six guys again, right? and even more that might be down in, in a lower level. So you have to figure out what you're going to do. And if you're going to do something in the off season, man, I mean, do it, do it at the trade deadline, right? Try to get a little bit more for some of these guys, you know, if they show that they're healthy and they can come back. The problem is, is I'm just not sure what they're going to get um, for players that have underperformed and not lived up to the potential. So we've seen in the past, you know, the Cardinals trade away, guys that they undervalue and they hold on to guys that they overvalue prospects. And that's been a problem pretty regularly. So the question is, what do they do? So maybe if they're going to sell, you know, they trade some bullpen arms, you know, Ryan Helsley or, or Gallegos or, you know, Jordan Hicks, you know, these are guys that could probably bring back a little bit more because contenders always want big arms at the trade deadline. So, you know, if they really are out of it and you'll, and, they decide to make some moves to maybe clear up some space, uh, roster space. I think that's probably what you'd see is maybe some of the outfielders dealt and some of the, the bullpen arms as well. And that's just, you know, me speculating, but that seems much more likely than uh, a big deal that involves a guy like Goldschmidt or Arnato or, or even a Nolan Gorman. 
All right, good stuff. We appreciate it as always, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Tim Fitzgerald, our guest, GoPowerCat.com, his publication, uh, knows all things K-State related. Uh, it's been a remarkable year for the Cats. How do they top that? Oh, boy, I don't know. I mean, it really was an incredible year. You know, they had some things fall short. They thought they should get into the baseball tournament. Maybe in hindsight they did belong instead of Oklahoma, which they swept, and then Oklahoma got thumped. Uh, but, yeah, it, anytime you win a football championship in anything, it's been a great sports year. Um, add in what Jerome Tang did in basketball going to the Elite Eight um, only adds to it. But, but what I like about what I saw last year is it didn't feel like culmination of anything. It felt like a beginning of something. Uh, and I think uh, we're in for some fun times covering Kansas State sports at Go Powercat. What What is missing from men's basketball right now that has them on the outs of conversations about even going to the tournament, much less being ranked in the top 25 or a threat to make a deep run? Keontae Johnson is, is kind of the obvious answer. They haven't really found that replacement for him, but they haven't yeah. fallen that far, have they? Well, they do have some more work to do in the portal, but, you know, compared to last year, they're far along. Um, and But the rules have changed since last year, so there's fewer guys out there. I'll be interested to see how they manage this. They've, I think they've got three openings right now, guys, and they really need to get it down to one at the most. And uh, they need to find another dude, a guy that can score, preferably a point guard or a combo guard. Uh, and they still want a kind of a – true center that can also run the floor, a guy that can help them uh, defend in the post in a way that they, they just lack against FAU, and it cost them the game and a trip to the Final Four. Talking uh, with Tim Fitzgerald, <clears throat> GoPowerCat.com. Now, this isn't K-State related, but it is KU related and Wichita State related. It was announced yesterday that Wichita State and Kansas are entering into an agreement to play at least one year. Uh, there have been some uh, talk that it could be a longer agreement, but they're going to play in December uh, up in Kansas City. Uh, K-State has recently started a series with Wichita State. I think they're two years in of a four-year commitment. Uh, why do you think the KU thing happened right now? It it just kind of – Bill Self kind of just kind of shoo-shooed it, kind of mentioned it uh, to reporters as he was at a golf tournament. Yeah, we're going to play Wichita State. Um, it's bizarre how it was rolled out. Why do you think they're doing it now? I have no clue. I could never wrap my mind around why they were so opposed to it. I, I know you can argue that they have a lot to lose by playing Wichita State, but you have a lot to lose when you're KU when you play anyone. I mean, uh, you know, outside of the Dukes and North Carolinas and those programs, whomever you step on the court with is viewing you as king of the hill. That's just your nature. So what, what's make Wichita state that much worse? Were they afraid that losing to Wichita state, suddenly their magic would go. I, I don't, I never understood it. I'm glad to hear it. I didn't know about it until you said it. Um, so that that's wonderful. I hope it becomes a regular thing. K state and KU should be playing Wichita state every stinking season in basketball and replacing one of those meaningless games that nobody wants to attend and are basically scrimmages, scrimmages that once in a while you lose, but still scrimmages that don't, you know, really motivate the fans, which State changes that. I'm glad they're playing. So you've been all over the the realignment stuff as it relates to the Big 12, and yesterday 
there was a report. I don't. I didn't see it widespread or anything that it would be Arizona and Colorado joining the Big Twelve. How much? Uh, how much accuracy is there, and who else might be in that mix in the near future? You know, kind of gone around and around on who it'll be, but it looks like these will be the first two. When sometime this month, um, but that's just pure guesswork because the schedule on realignment is so much based in what the Pac-12 is doing with their media rights. They keep kicking that can down the road, so it delays all of this. And I think they're finally getting to the point where schools such as Colorado are saying, look, if you can't show us the numbers that are going to keep us as a conference, I mean, real numbers, not your projections and hopes, then we've got a chance to be in a sustainable conference for many years to come, and we're going to go back to the Big 12. I think that's where we're at. Um, the commissioner out there might want to show his cards here pretty soon if he's holding something in his back pocket, but I suspect he isn't or he would have. Uh, but I think that's where we'll start with those two. And then it gets a little interesting. I don't know where it leads after that. It does get a, a little interesting because, you know, we've always talked about all of this in regard to football, and it appears that the Big 12 is looking at some schools to come in maybe as basketball-only members I speak of UConn and Gonzaga specifically. Uh, those schools would be incredible additions to what is already an, a, an amazing basketball conference. So uh, what do you think the chances of that happening are as a part of all this scrambling? Yeah, this is a kind of a different phase. It might be a different phase of realignment. One of the things Brett Yormark looked at as an outsider, learning the landscape from zero, um, was that basketball is really undervalued. They're giving away their basketball product tied to football at a great discount. And he's going to back away from that, and I think his plans seem to be we're going to have a basketball contract and we're going to have a football contract. Everyone who plays football is going to get football money. Everyone who plays basketball will get basketball money. So there won't be any cross-pollinization of the Gonzaga won't be getting a dime of football revenue. So I think it's a really good plan. I, he's been told upwards to $25 million. I, I tend to believe closer to half of that. Um, but I think the interesting thing is here is UConn wants to come in for all sports. And that's the hang-up because UConn football has been pretty bad. It had some good moments. They did go to a bowl game last year, although they weren't exactly rocking and rolling. But it gives them another team out east to kind of, you know, if you end up getting three more schools out west, uh, to go with BYU, you've got nice four in the West, four in the East. If UConn comes in for all sports and eight in the middle here, um, and I think there's some hesitation about bringing in UConn for all sports. But UConn went to the baseball tournament too, so they they offer a lot of sports. They, they're they're not just a men's and women's basketball program. And I personally, guys, I know you might want to balk at UConn football, uh, but I think bringing them in, getting UConn football, and getting basketball with it is worth it that's just me i mean the basketball if you're going to get a separate basketball contract you even bring value to maybe to a women's contract that might not be a whole lot of money but it's value so i'm intrigued by how he's coming in as a disruptor and seeing things from a totally different angle like expanding in basketball like looking at unlv as a legitimate school um it's it's been very entertaining and and he's just such a go-getter i think the problem with him is he's sluggish. You got to pull the reins back on him once in a while. I think we're seeing the ads and <laughs> presidents do that. Let's slow down and talk about this. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, talking with Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. 
Uh, we've seen Skylar Thompson play in the NFL. I don't know how many people ever thought that could be a reality. Uh, do you think Will Howard will follow that path? Yeah, I do, and I think he'll be drafted. Um, you know, thinking that he's going to have a good, healthy season. Uh, who knows if he could get injured, and um, he does have his COVID year technically, so he could come back. Uh, but um, I think he's just prepping to, you know, get into the draft. He he certainly fits the measurements. I mean, he's he's six five. I don't even know what his weight is, guys. He's putting on so much muscle mass. He looks like a tight end more than a quarterback. Um, but that's the way some quarterbacks are in the league. I, I think he will uh, definitely be a person that scouts will want to review quite a bit. Arm strength, average, maybe above average, but uh, he's also a playmaker and he's willing to make, you know, those tough throws. And he's shown that over and over. I think he's an NFL guy. And you would ask me that a year ago. I said, what the hell are you talking about? But here we are. That's how far he came in one season. That's uh, that's why you develop players, all right? Thanks, Fitz. We always yep. appreciate it. Good to talk with you. Thank you, boys. Great to talk to you. Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. Uh, catching up a little bit on K-State, which uh, we always love to do. We'll be back with hour number two. We've got a game coming up at about 325 or thereabouts. We'll talk about uh, the PGA's sudden reversal. Uh, they are now partnering with uh, LIV. Uh, which is you can call bizarre. It I want to call it Live. I want to call it LIV. All right. Don't worry about what I call anything. Uh, it's the Live Tour. They pay me to run this show. That's all I. That's not, That's all I got for it. It's you. not the Fifty Four Tour. Here's, here's what. It's not the LIV Tour. It's the Live Tour. Here's what. Uh, here's what Tony Dusing told me. What did he tell you? Eight years ago, when I took on this show, you run it. <laughs> Back in a minute. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.